Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam and Joel for the 11th episode of Horror Express. And tonight we're talking about Night of the Living Dead, the 1968 George A. Romero film. Um, I don't know if this film really requires any explanation. I think everybody knows it. For those who don't, dead come back to life, and they, uh, you know, eat human flesh, and the humans in the movie... uh, try to survive by boarding up windows in a house until the zombies manage to get through. And, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of drama happens among the people and there's kind of a surprise, uh, politically themed ending. Um, but I think everybody's seen this movie, so I don't think we have to worry about spoilers, right? Like we can basically talk about all the plot details. Um, so, so yeah, so why don't, we go around and just say when was the last time each person has seen this movie just for context of uh you know you know it's been a long time or is this like a movie you watch every year type of thing wow man uh i think the i'm trying to think of the first time i saw it because this is one of those movies like alien where my mom would sit me down to watch this movie because uh, she liked sharing her movies with me. And I think I was like seven. <laughs> so this is one of those movies that I always like I encountered it probably earlier than I maybe should have. But yeah. I've never had like, well, I mean, like an alien too. you know, alien is one of those movies where you shouldn't watch that at seven, yeah. I guess. But I did. And I I don't know, like I thought it was scary, but fun, you know, sort of like uh, Terminator 2. I always thought was scary, but fun. Um they they were a lot more I don't know that was maybe that's kind of a Gen X attitude of like yeah I just let the kid watch whatever give him a cigar, um, <laughs> but yeah so I think I first saw this when I was a little kid and I've seen it since I want to say I more or less watch it once a year I want to say Halloween okay. rolls around and like I'll I'll sit down and watch Night of the Living Dead I used to watch it uh, with my ex every great once in a while it's it's probably been a few years since I actually saw it last time. I was sort of power watching it this time. I didn't get all the way through it, unfortunately, but uh, I got about halfway through kind of just watching it in like 30 second chunks and then jumping ahead four or five minutes. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's that's my most recent experience with it. This is a kind of movie where you can you can sort of do that and the people will still be in the same place, kind of on the same problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. No, it, it, this movie takes its time. Apparently, I, I've forgotten how deliberate it was in its pacing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the last time for me probably would have been 2005, I would say. But I've seen it many, many times. That was just the last time I saw it. And that was yeah. that that was because of the fact that I had two roommates to put at the time. Uh, one of them, uh she was from like Uniontown where they shot this. And the other roommate hadn't seen it ever. And we were both like, it came up. She's like, yeah, I come from the town. Night of the Living Dead was made, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, the mall, the mall where they shot, like, shot Dawn of the Dead is like where the mall we'd always hang out at. And, okay. But I, uh, you know, but, but yeah, then, you know, but it was, it was great watching it that last time because watching it with someone who just never seen it. And they were just like, okay, black and white horror movie, whatever. And they were just like within half an hour, this is an amazing movie. Yeah. Just the... <laughs> Uh, the tension and the pacing it was like totally ready to dismiss him it just like got him i i think the black and white does deter a lot of people you know um mm-hmm. for me i think well, I, also oh go ahead 
I was going to I say another another deterrence, too, is the fact that this was a movie that was not copyrighted by a mistake on the part of the mm. studio. So there were so many shoddy anyone yeah. could put out a videotape of it that like half the time you'd like rent it back in the 80s or it would be on TV in the 80s. It would just be this really, yes. really yes. bad print. In, in I mean, fact, the, the, the last time I saw it was around the same time as you saw it. And that was <laughs> there was like a 99 cent version on DVD that I picked up at like the store just on a whim. You know, and, yeah. and, I, and so that was the last time. And prior to that, it was probably during one of, you know, my zombie uh, fests that we used to do with my friends. We used to watch zombie movies. We'd do like eight movies in a day. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I, the, the, this is one where um, I feel like I, I was like whenever we do a movie, you're either really super psyched to do a movie. You're like, oh, OK, we got to do this one. And this was more than we got to <laughs> do this one because I knew the plot and you know how long it takes to get from point A to point B. Uh, but I was surprised by how, how, how much of a, um, enjoyable watch it was, you know, just, mm -hmm. you know, just as the, um, it wasn't, you're always worried when you go back to a movie like this, that you're going to be waiting for plot, plot point A, to, then plot point B. And, uh, it just kind of quickly sucked me in. And, um, and also I was noticing things that I didn't notice in prior viewing. So that's always entertaining too. Um, but, uh, do you guys think like on this viewing, does the film hold up for you? Was there, because we've had a lot of zombie movies over the years. <laughs> do you have any observations about where this stands in terms of other zombie films since, I mean, you know, since you and I watched it, Adam, walking dead has become a huge thing, obviously. And so, yeah. um, you know, but I, I haven't watched walking dead, so I can't really, uh, really compare. But, oh, okay. well, I think. It's actually just, heavily based on this lore. Like it's it's yeah. in a lot of I mean in a lot of ways it's not, but in a lot of ways it's very faithful to the Romero idea of zombies. Um, yeah. But uh, but obviously it doesn't look like Night of the Living Dead in any way. Um, <laughs> and but but I will say this: it also emphasizes the things that Night of the Living Dead emphasizes, which is the human drama, mm -hmm. which tends to be in every zombie movie. But there but a lot of zombie movies will also emphasize action and other things that kind of keep the pace moving more. Um, so, you know, that's another area where night of the, uh, the walking dead show is kind of a slow paced affair. It's more in line with this. Um, uh -huh. Yeah. Oddly, I don't think of this as a slow paced movie. I don't know. I mean, it's, it doesn't have a lot of action, but it just, I don't know. It's just the procedure that everyone's undergoing and trying to do things all the time. It always just, I mean, that's just my perception is it just well, feels it feel, I feel like something is always happening in this movie well, and something is about to happen. And I think there's a few reasons why it feels slow paced or why you would describe it as slow paced. One is the black and white, which for whatever reason, that just kind of, you know, you don't something about a movie being in black and white. It, it doesn't feel as uh, scintillating as something that's in color. So it it, <laughs> it, it it has like another hill to climb for a modern viewer. And then. On top of that, it all takes place in one location for the most part. It takes place inside True. a single house. Yeah. And and it's just a few characters. And, and you're kind of waiting for all of the characters to assemble over the first 30 or 40 minutes of the film. And then when they do, it's really mostly dialogue. There's not a whole lot of fight sequences between, the, you know, the, with the humans fighting the zombie. There's a, I mean, there are those things in there, but it's really dialogue driven. Um, so... 
if if you're contrasting that with like the remake of Dawn of the Dead, say, or um, uh, what is it, Twenty Eight Days Later, you know, it's just it's just gonna, you know, you can see why somebody would describe it as, as slower paced. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know because I mean, like I said, whenever I've watched it with people for the first time, they've been like really on the edge of their seat mm. the entire movie. I see. I think I think we've got to consider the fact that we this is a movie we know really well, and yeah. so we we do know everything that's gonna happen. Yeah. I feel like I feel like you know the pace feels slower when you aren't continually going. But, you know what's gonna happen next. But here's the thing: I feel like. A movie can be slow paced and still have you on the edge of your seat like that. I don't think that's a mutual. You know what I mean? Like, like in a way, I would say it's a strength of this movie where it takes its time. You know, it's not. Uh-huh. It's not. It's not relentlessly yeah, yeah. driving you, are, you somewhere. You are right. It does because, like, you're you're stuck in this house with these people, and a lot of what's holding you on the edge of their seat is: Are they going to go into the basement or not? Do you know what I mean? like? It's like it's very mundane sort of things that are driven by motivations that are clear. And character yeah. conflicts that are clear, and and also there's like underlying racial stuff going on in the movie. Like there's definitely racial themes throughout the movie and things like that. So, uh, you know, and 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 also you're kind of trapped in there with them. Like one of the things this movie does a really great job of is keeping you in the dark as much as the characters yeah. are in the dark. So you're waiting for those broadcasts, just like the play, the, not the players, <laughs> the, the way that the the, the characters are, you know. <laughs> And, and every little yeah. update is a little tiny piece of information. And I think one of the one of the great things about Night of the Living Dead is because it's and, and we should mention there is there are there are movies like Plague of the Zombies and stuff like that that preceded this. And so it's not like it's 100 percent. This is where everything began. But this is definitely the movie that everybody points to as sort of originating the zombie, you know, sort of, you know, phenomenon that, that, that like now is like so it's so it's so familiar. We have parodies of it and everything. Um, you know, yeah. uh, like there was a zombie in love movie that came out not too long ago and things like that. Um, but, uh, I forgot where I was going. Where was I? I was heading somewhere with that. And then I got detoured <laughs> by own. I, uh, I think, I think well, going, I, going back to the pacing for a minute, I don't think you're wrong to call this slow paced or maybe more accurately deliberately paced, but like, if you don't feel the time, I think that the effect of that slowness, it, it's kind of got the same kind of um, the same pacing that the zombie itself has, where they don't really, they're not in a hurry to get to you, but you're still dreading that they are getting closer, you know? Yeah. So I think, I think that's kind of Im- impressive. Well, yeah, I think too, it's a movie where there isn't any, I mean, obviously it's a whole night condensed into an hour and a half. So obviously we are having edited down time, but there's no perception of time skips in this movie. It's like when you're yeah. watching it, you don't, there isn't any point where you feel, you know, yeah. it's just, what it, and, the, the, it's invisibly edited. And I think that, I think again, that's something where black and white does contribute because you don't really have a good handle on how late at night it is. You know, you just know it's night True. or it's day. But other than yeah. that, you can't really sense, oh, it's kind of approaching dusk or, you know, it's it's really, you know, they do tell you the time at the beginning of the movie. So that gives you a you know a reference point. Yeah, yes. eight o'clock, um, <laughs> you know, uh, but but other than that, it's, it's it's a little it's a little tricky. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not yeah. saying it's slow paced as a criticism. I'm just saying I no, think for a I lot know. of modern viewers, it's, it's... it's sort of like, you know, like I like a lot of old movies. Right. But, you, you know, old movies. They they yeah. do dialogue differently, and they do uh, they do they, they they film action differently, and things are kind of 
more they kind of have to follow a more logical sequence of events they're not edited in like a stylized way the way a lot of modern movies are and mm. uh and i think that that lack of movement of the film in the editing and you know sort of the the way that not dialogue flows more naturally like it would in real life can create a feel of a slower pace for people that aren't accustomed to it. And I, and I would, I would just kind of put this movie into that camp, but I think it's one of its strengths because the dialogue is so good in the movie. Like that. I really like the dialogue of this film. You know, I yeah, love all the, the dialogue is pretty functional. I mean, it's like, it's, you know, cause the only, I'd say the only part where, you know, the movie kind of slows a little bit is the part where, where Ben tells his story and then Barbara kind yeah. of tells her story, getting increasingly freaked out. Yeah. And other than that, everything at conversations, what are we going to do yeah. with this dangerous situation? It's pretty much every and other conversation. What I love about Ben's story, and obviously Barbara's not, the, the cool thing about Barbara's is you get Barbara's point of view on something you already saw, yeah. which is itself kind of interesting. But yeah. what I love about Ben's is they're able, because this is obviously low budget, they're able to present uh-huh. this really cinematic thing that happens in the in the film that you never actually see, and I it, to me it's very reminiscent of something like the uh, the jewelry heist in um, Reservoir Dogs, where you never see it, mm. but you have a clear visual impression that you almost feel like you saw it, and and his story yeah. does that, and so does um, Mr. Cooper's story, where he talks about their car being overturned and stuff like that, so. Um, yeah, you know, I, yeah well, going, going back to the time of day, too, when they bring up the time of day, it's another indication of the budget because they're like, she's like, oh, it's eight o'clock and it's still daylight. You know, it's daylight savings. You know, it's like basically it's their way of going shooting at night is more of a pain. So let's let's have yeah. it just be daylight savings. And it's yeah. brightly lit in the cemetery at eight o'clock, <laughs> which also works for the movie, too, because I feel like one of the things that is more effective about the zombies in this movie than a lot of modern zombies is they don't look like zombies right away. Some of the zombies you yeah. see look like regular people. Um, and, and that brightness of the, of the opening sequence, uh, it does that. And it also lulls you in a false sense of security. Cause you're like, Oh, this isn't that scary. And then it sort of descends into this very terrifying sequence of events. Um, I actually think the zombies in this movie are scarier than most of the zombies we've had in recent years because I agree. They're, they're intelligent. Yeah. They're not they're not stupid stupid zombies. They they're not like, you know, they're not going to have a dinner conversation with you and they're not going to they're not going to like build complicated machinery, but they can pick up a rock and throw it through a window. And you know, they yeah. have they have enough intelligence and enough dexterity to do things that really make you afraid if you're you, cuz in a normal zombie movie, you go into a house and they can't even open the freaking door. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you're you're all set once you're inside a house and as long as there's not a million of them out there. But in this movie, you don't know exactly how much they're capable of because you've seen them do a few things that are are more involved than you than you have seen in recent years with zombies. Um yeah, and they they seem feral, but not like heightened in that ferocity. Like, um, what was it Zombieland? The zombies are all like running and like really spastic and energetic, yeah. and like that. I don't know. That's too much from my zombies for my taste. I'm like, okay, thanks. But like the zombie in this one is running after her, like the very first zombie we encounter, yeah. and he's yeah. just running like a normal person who is angry and hungry would run. Yeah, you know. 
Like, yeah. he doesn't seem like some kind of spastic monster. He just seems like a person whose brain is slowly being eaten away by whatever's causing him to become a zombie. I This is a much more grounded zombie movie than almost any of the zombie movies we've gotten since this came out. Because the zombies... It's, it's not like, okay, it's a running zombie or it's not a running zombie. The zombie's ability to move and do things is just a result of how much it's deteriorated naturally from the rotting process. Mm -hmm. So that first zombie, he's capable of doing quite a few things. Some of the later zombies you see are rotted more. They have, you know, their bodies have been ripped apart and they can't. So whatever, whatever effect that has had on them, that limits them more. And I think that it's also grounded in the way that the, the people are reacting to the zombies feels a little bit more realistic. It doesn't feel um, like, like in a lot of zombie movies that occur after this, people kind of assemble more quickly together and kind of get their, their stuff together faster. And in this one, you like when Ben is trying to like knock out some of the, the zombies with the, I forget what he's using, some kind of tire iron or something. Uh, you can see him getting tired in those scenes. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, not... that's a nice touch. Because yeah. Ben yeah. rules in this movie. Make no mistake. Ben is an awesome character. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's a person. And people get tired yeah. and frustrated and snap sometimes. And I like I liked when he uh, uh, slaps our protagonist across the face because she's in hysterics. Yeah. That was a wonderful little moment uh, that I well, rewound and watched again. Well, and, and her whole thing of being catatonic initially, like that makes sense too, like given what just happened. And also mm -hmm. given the themes of the movie, it kind of makes sense as well. Like what they're trying to go for with the Ben character and with her and all that stuff. But I feel like, uh, you know, like everybody in this movie is, I don't know. It's, it, they, again, it's, it, the, the accents are clearly from like the, the mid to late sixties. Like, like people speak in a certain way when you're watching a movie yeah. from this time. So, so that could potentially be a hurdle for believability for somebody who isn't, isn't accustomed to that. Uh, but I, I, I found the characters all quite believable. I felt like they were more like real people. Um, you know, and yeah, that, that might be the greatest strength of a movie with a lot of strengths is how human these characters are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like, I mean, interesting thing is that, you know, as far as Ben goes, it's like the traditional thing would be to make him write about everything. But ultimately, the solution to surviving was hiding in the cellar. Yeah. And he's the only one that survives. It's like, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah, he's, you know, it's like the other guy was a complete jerk about almost everything. But he actually was kind of right about that cellar. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And also Ben's plan you know, to go, to go outside and get the gas the way that they do like that just yeah. all deteriorates and they, you know, um, uh, those yeah. two people die in the explosion. Um, what was it? Tom and Judy was, it, was that their names? Um, I think Judy was yeah. his girlfriend's it's, name. It's easy in these kind of movies where you have the people with conflict against a zombie, where you make one guy always right. And he's the heroic yeah. one. And you set people other, every, like the people disagree with them are always wrong. And it's like, with Romero, both this and like in the crazies, which is probably the most similar to the zombie movies, both of those are really complicated and just you know who what people's motivations are and what what you know and how it all works that plays out in the movie. Well, and the whole discussion about well, number one, I guess part of it is you can see Ben's point on that because when they're having the whole tactical discussion. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. which is an interesting conversation. They're like, well, the basement is like the most well protected. But then Tom points out, but yeah, that there's no place to go once yeah. they get in there. 
And that's the that's, problem that's with the basement, you know. So, uh, you know, because I, you know, as, as I'm watching it, I'm thinking, well, what about the second floor? Wouldn't that be maybe a better? Because you have the stairs, so you can kind of use that as like the one point of entrance. And then you have well, a you can even knock out room. the stairs. Like, yeah. why would you even keep the stairs there? That's that's a good yeah, point. That's a good point. It's like, oh, yeah, but, you know, it's like as far as, as far, you know, it's not like Ben knows that these people are going to sweep through and kill all the zombies. Yeah. And they're just going to be these, you know, they're going to be rescue on the way. So it. That that really, uh, you know, it, I mean, basically his decision making process makes total sense, even though it turns out to be wrong, which yeah. is which is, I think, great for a movie to have. No, uh... yeah, it, that's actually that's sort of rare too. The last yeah. time I, I saw a movie like that was the the adaption of Stephen King's The Mist. Remember that movie mm-hmm. with its shockingly dark ending? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I came around on that ending. I really because at first I was like, oh really? Come on, it's almost a comedy beat. And then I watched it again, and I'm like, no, actually, this is the perfect ending when you look at the themes of the movie. And I I feel that way about this movie too. Where like, this isn't really a movie about heroes, you know, or even about yeah. like necessarily doing the right thing in a difficult circumstance. It's just about being in a difficult circumstance and having to basically wing it with mm-hmm. a bunch of people you hate or don't agree with. And it's great. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, the, also, the other interesting thing about this movie is that they don't actually use the term zombies, I think. I think they use the term ghouls to describe. Yeah, I was going to bring that yeah, up. They, they don't use the Z word. Yeah. No, um, and ghouls actually makes... I mean, I, I think in a lot of ways it makes more sense because ghouls are, are dead people that come back to eat corpses. And zombies zombies up till this point were an entirely different thing it's like they're actually a lot more like ghouls than they are like zombies well and it's interesting too because even though in every zombie movie like not every but in a lot of zombie movies zombies zombie movies don't exist in the zombie movie Mm. universe that that movie is set in right yeah but the people still behave kind of like they've seen zombie movies or they (laughs) or we know they have to get to the certain point they have to learn all these lessons that we've all learned but this is a yeah, movie where everybody even is more tedious. Yeah, <laughs> but but we're but this movie it's very clear none of the characters have seen a zombie movie before. There's no there's no point of reference and and it just feels more organic and natural watching them discover everything over the course of the film. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and I I think that's I mean obviously that's a virtue of the fact that it was you know one of the first. So you know it's 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 not something that you can really. You know, l- later movies don't really have much of a choice in that respect. They have, well, they have some of the some of the best later zombie movies get past that part. Is assuming you've seen this movie. Yeah, uh, I'm thinking the the two that come to my mind, and it's because maybe they're so different, and I love them both in very different ways. Uh, the first one is Day of the Dead, which I really love. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's one of my of favorite ones. That's one of my favorites. It's, that's a brilliant movie. Uh, and it, it sort of assumes you've seen this movie. And the other one that assumes you've seen this movie is uh, Return of the Living Dead, which yes. is great yeah. in a different way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's good because, and and, and this is like an you know, overused expression, but it subverts your expectations because it does. You know, oh, you got to hit it in the head, and they go to hit in the head, and it like has no effect at all. And it just turns out you have to cut these things up in a little bits, and even then they're still there's still a threat in some way. Well, and so. even like every way you try to beat them in that movie winds up making things worse. Like when the yeah. one guy incinerates himself and that seems to actually work, it actually doesn't because yeah. then he just goes and seeds the clouds and he rains on everyone and everyone becomes a damn zombie and just, uh, 
the, everything gets worse. That's the, that's the, the um, thesis of that. Movie. This movie and that movie work really well together as a viewing pair. Like if, if, if you're going to pick two zombie movies to watch for an evening, you, you could do a lot worse than Night of the Living Dead and Return of the Living Dead. It's a really... Well, Night thing. of the Living Dead pairs well with almost any later zombie movie. No, I agree, but I think especially Return of the Living Dead because it references this one so much and it's so okay. connected to it. Do you know what I mean? It's just it's like a... Well, it's it, a... Well, I mean, but Day of the Dead does that too, where it's just specifically referencing the events that happen in this movie. I love that. <laughs> I love, and that's one of the reasons I think I love those movies and why I brought them up is because they really, they're like the perfect chaser shot to this mm-hmm. movie. This does such a great job of setting the stage, and it's a great movie in its own right, too. It's really kind of a masterpiece. And actually, seeing it being black and white, that kind of makes it feel more like one of the universal monster movies to me. Yeah. I know it isn't. But yeah, like I know it kind of has that same sort of classic vibe to it. Like this is the classic well, zombie movie. Well, I think the black and white also helps with the dialogue because I feel like I don't know something about old timey black and white movies where there's a lot of dialogue. It feels right. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. in a color movie, you know, it's like should people be moving around more? Should other things be going on? But in in black and white, it's like I'm I'm accustomed to just sort of seeing a guy gesticulating in a room smoking a cigarette and shouting and you know the, you know a, a lot of the little things like that were kind of cool but I, I i also did like the use of cigarettes in this movie actually because mm-hmm. that was like your window into um like the first time ben smokes a cigarette do you know what i mean it's like oh well deserved break like it, it, it they could have gone with something else they could have had him eating a candy bar eating a piece of pie or something but the cigarette i feel was more effective for you know, showing these characters get some respite from, you know, the the stresses of dealing with this and also well, emphasizing the fact that they're probably exhausted at this point. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and cigarettes have this kind of uh, DNA as the, like they're one of the things that the American military is pretty much OK with as far as vices. They're like, hey, you can't drink. You got to you're going gonna to give you a gun. You can't be drunk. Don't eat a bunch of candy. You're going to get out of shape. Smoking? Well, do they still let you smoke in the military? Like I know they used I don't know to. About but... still, but classically, that yeah. was they were very intertwined. Well, I think they used to, so, I think like... they used to give them to them in their ration packs, right? Like they used to actually, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah but so I would be surprised if they donated them. Yeah. You got you got a candy yeah. bar too. I think you got like a Hershey's bar and condom and like yeah. yeah it, it the 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 pack was kind of eclectic. Anyway, the, my, the point I'm trying to make is that <laughs> you, there's a sort of a cultural reason that you would smoke in a situation that's yeah. stressful and dangerous and consider that like a break. And yeah. it, it both grounds it in like Americana and also like the, the sort of cultural assumptions of Americans too. Well, it's also a movie that is sort of cosmopolitan as well. Another thing that kind of makes it a very American movie, you know, you have these different colored, uh, different colored characters and you have women who are protagonists in this movie. And that's, I don't know. It's it's neat, and it, it comes from an era in history where I, I think maybe we didn't make such a big deal about the fact that those are things that are really important in American culture. But that always struck me as a kid. I was like, "Wow, that black guy's awesome!" Like this is one of a long line of characters uh, that like they're they're a minority, but also they get to rule. That I got to encounter as a kid. Well, and it was obviously really... a lot more um, like revolutionary when the movie came out. Yeah. Yeah, considering um, how old this movie is, like seeing him slap a white woman in the face was kind of amazing. <laughs> so yeah, no, I mean that was yeah. that was not I a yeah, that? yeah. That, that, I mean that, yeah, that, that was. 
And again, that's oh. one of the reasons why, like, because I know that, like, a lot of times I'll see people complain about Barbara, and they'll, you know, like, like, they'll want like a stronger female character. But I think like no, you lose, no. she's you, perfect. Well, the thing is, you would lose a lot of those, like, what they're trying to do with the racial themes if she's stronger. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because like he's the one doing everything for most of the movie. It's not, you know, until Tom shows up, it's pretty much him doing everything. And and yeah. you know. Um, and then Tom gets blown up in his truck. So, I don't know. I, I've always felt very bad for Judy and Tom. It's just like a, because uh, Ben even warns them. He's like, "You got to get out of the truck. You got to get out of the truck." And they just keep driving. And then her coat gets stuck, and it's you know, I don't know. Something about that scene is like conveniently tragic, is how I would describe it. Um, but, yeah, uh, but but yeah, I think unserved. I think Barbara being that way is important, both for giving the movie this sense of like just how weird what it is they're encountering is like a normal person is not going to just adapt to seeing like her, her, her brother get, you know, early on, she doesn't really know he's dead, but you know, they'll get killed the way he dies. And then, uh, you know, uh, you know, yeah, well, not knowing chased. makes it worse, too, because she has that thing of wanting to trying to talk Ben into going out and finding her brother, too. So it's not even, you know, if, if he died, that still would have been terrible. But at least she wouldn't have that. Is there something I could be doing to rescue yeah. him, which is part of where her, her issues are coming from. But also, that, the... oh, go ahead. I love that, too. I, I love that feeling of not knowing what other people are doing. That informs this whole movie. And mm-hmm. it's really great because you're right. There's these like lingering moral duties and things like that and considerations that they kind of have to pick up and weigh against their circumstances as the movie progresses. And that's really yeah. nifty, damn it. And then, yeah. I'm thinking, specifically, I'm thinking about the daughter who got, what, what did she get bit is what happened? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, but, I, I really like that little subplot a lot. What's, what's mm-hmm. interesting about this movie is how pretty much all of the stuff that follows is present in this film like everything from like you know having a kid that turns into a zombie do you know what i mean like all that (laughs) stuff like things that like have occasionally been presented again as if they were you know doing something new you know no it's actually in this movie it's it's not (laughs) yeah um uh oh go ahead yeah on the character thing too i really like the relationship between the 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 bald guy and his wife you know the way she just she's just like so used to all his usual garbage (laughs) just her it is it is just it is just fantastic they are such an old married couple where the guy is a jerk and it's just like it's all just laid out there i i love the scene uh, where they introduce him and he's kind and like so these people are in the basement forever. It's kind of like in um, the Hateful Eight when those guys are underneath the floorboards, except they're not enemies. They're not trying to do any harm. But they keep kind of suggesting that there's a zombie behind that door when you first see, like, you get there's this ominous treatment of mm-hmm. that door. And it turns out, no, mm-hmm. it's actually two other people that are, you know, possibly going to be helpful. But but then the conversation turns where Ben's like, wait a second, why didn't you guys come up way before? And he's like, oh, we didn't hear you. And then like the conversation unfolds a little more. And then he's like, you know, he's like, well, we heard so much racket. You know, we were afraid there were zombies. Like, but you said that you didn't hear anything. And so, you know, he, he starts calling him out on these little lies that he's telling. And it, and it just becomes clear that the bald guy, Mr. Cooper, is... He's he's very much about protecting himself, you know. Like he's he's yeah. he's he's a he's a little bit he, he's sort of the prototype prototypical, you know, guy who kind of fucks it up for everybody in these zombie movies. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, you know, he's he's that character. 
and so, um, but I, I like the way that that kind of is handled in their initial, like when when him and Tom first come out, and you kind of know right away what him and Tom are each all about as that uh, as that all happens. And I also like how you kind of you you're just you you they they drop in each character in the. It's not like in a lot of movies where they kind of pick characters up as they're on the road. It's like, no, they get to the house and the characters all sort of assemble there. I like that. It it works. Um, Well, it makes sense because the location of the house, right? It's one of those like last houses before the wilderness kind of houses. And it's a big (laughs) house. So it stands out. And that's why and we we follow our protagonist running to that from her zombie. And that's kind of how everyone winds up at this house and so their circumstances leading them to it makes sense strategically and like you don't yeah. think about that the first time you watch it but if you rewatch it enough times as we have done you start to kind of like that stuff kind of like starts to get into your gears and you're like oh okay there's a reason why they're at this house yeah it's it's a node that kind of would attract this exact gaggle of random people that's neat i also like the um the way it handles like how the government is, is approaching everything. And also the contrast of that, where it's like, you know, they're the people stuck in the house, but the people that are lucky enough to be in a, you know, in a safer area or people have assembled together and started to deal with it. They seem to be faring a lot better. There's almost like a 1950s level of optimism around how they're solving the zombie <laughs> problem, right? Or the the they, let's you know, roll up our sleeves yeah. and kill those zombies. Well, well there's just, well, there's yeah, just like a really which takes a dark turn at the very end of the movie. Yeah, but, you know. Yeah. Um, but but leading up to that, it's sort of like, no, we've got this all taken care of. You know, there. You know, we, we've got this figured out. We know what to do. And um, uh, it's 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 an it's interesting that. Like in a lot of zombie movies, it's just assumed the apocalypse just happens the moment the zombies show up. Do you know what I mean? Which and is something that bugs me actually in yeah. a lot of movies. Because I'm like, yeah, it's like, it's like I feel like both with zombie movies or like if there was a movie where the aliens from Aliens showed up on Earth, I'm like, I feel like humans are much better at killing things than these movies give humans credit well, for. Well, so not yeah, just that, but it takes like time for stuff. things to break down and for things to yeah. spread. It wouldn't just be this like you know instantaneous thing it might even be something where you kind of have like a weird like the zombies are around and they're a threat but they don't overtake the whole world do you know what i mean like maybe yeah. maybe they yeah. sort of slink in the sewers and you know they're they slink in the forests and they're they're always kind of in the shadows but they never really are this thing that just destroys society and so i think this movie it, it obviously is the as the um, Romero movies progress, it does become more apocalyptic. But in this mm-hmm. film, I feel that it's kind of interesting that it's not so apocalyptic in the way that it's presented. And I think that's a more, I don't know, it's a more interesting uh, approach, I think. Um, and it, it also is one of the things that makes that last scene more powerful, too. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's, uh, you know, I, I said, I, I watched The Crazies this week, too, since I was on the Romero kick, too. And that's, it. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's, uh, it's another interesting where the government response and uh, everything just it's it's great. It's just the, every character's motivation. That movie is just as good as in this one. And it and, it, and it's like and even the, the characters that you're supposed to be following as the protagonist. You're like, is, is what he did the right thing? I don't think so. But there was it's, a remake of that, wasn't there? Or am I mistaken? There was a remake. I never saw the remake, though, so I can't comment on it. But I, I like the original a lot. The um, what about the uh the explanation for how the zombies started in the first place. What did you guys think of that? 
the set was it the satellite to venus that's carrying radiation that's responsible i think that was what it was uh, i don't some I don't kind of know how seriously to take that though because i it feels like the information we get in this movie is intentionally either <laughs> propaganda which, or wrong <laughs> which again return of the living dead kind of you know gets in that territory as uh, um but uh yeah i think uh i don't know i, I so so what's what's your what's your reading of it in this film I don't know that it matters. I mean, like, because the, the important thing is that the dead have come back to kill us all, mm-hmm. right? Like, the important thing is that we've got the zombies. And the fact that we don't get that information until well deep into the movie shows you how little it is of importance. Like, I think, like, the least interesting and important thing about this movie is what made the zombies happen. I, I don't Not know. I, think, better, I find it fascinating, though, because it's such an odd explanation of you know, this, this satellite that we sent to this other planet comes back and it has written. So it's either like you're saying, it's either got, they're just giving that as an explanation, but it was actually a military experiment or something, or mm-hmm. it's like, well, wait a second, what was going on in Venus that this, that, that, you well, know. it's, it's, I mean, the thing is too, it's different because the typical thing is, Oh, you get bitten by a zombie, you turn into a zombie, but that isn't actually the case in yeah. this movie. It's just anything that's a corpse is being reanimated yeah. by, you know, it potentially what came on this satellite, but it's like, yeah, you don't even have to be in an area with zombies. You just have to be in an area where there are dead people yeah. for, for it to be dangerous, which, which, which is, is why the brain scary. thing makes sense in this. Cause there's, saying that the radiation activates the brain so destroy the brain and you destroy the zombie um yeah so it's kind of nice and neat you know um yeah but i I, yeah it's like you know if you were in a house and somebody died in their sleep it's like they were just in with this situation even if they've never been bit by a zombie they're just going to get up and they're going to try and kill you so but i feel like there is like a potential science fiction movie also happening in this film yes with the venus and that's what intrigues me do you know what i mean that that's the part that it's like ooh, what was going on there yeah sort of could have a different way well, not just that, but like, there's like another movie that could be made around the satellite. Do you know what I mean? Well, I mean, it's in terms of sequels, like you could have explored Venus and be like, what is yeah. happening on Venus? Yeah, like, yeah. like um, is like is is it like an alien civilization that's sending this radiation so that they can somehow take over our planet or retaliate for us? You know, getting too close to their home planet, or is it just ra- Venus has got this radiation that has this effect on people? Um, yeah, I mean, you can even go with it. You know, are they are they somehow like possessing people? And it's like there's people that they're they're Venusians that don't know how to use these bodies and don't understand Earth at all, and they're just stumbling around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's so Venusians you know, Venusians are psychic parasites. That's great. It's yeah. it just it, it just adds I don't know just an intriguing thing and it's it's uh and also usually when people recap this movie what they usually say is it's like a meteor that fell to the ground I think that's usually the explanation that you hear people give oh. for this movie when they're getting like a not usually but it's often what I you know like when somebody recaps it that's often what I hear and uh, yeah and so you know again maybe that's just because it's something that maybe somewhere along the line there was that synopsis somewhere and it got repeated. Um, but I also have to wonder if there's something about this explanation that leads people to fright to, to say it that way. Do you know what I mean? Um, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I like the I like the Venus connection, and uh, and I really love the whole the way that they handle giving you the information in those radio broadcasts. That that to me mm-hmm. is a a strong part of the film. Um, 
Yeah. It's really hard to do exposition, especially for an outlandish premise. And the fact that they made the exposition something the characters and audience want to hear is wonderful. Well, I like the language they use. They call they don't you know they, again we don't ever get zombies. They don't even really say Walking Dead until much later. They initially they say well they're roaming bands like an army of assassins. I think is what they first yeah say. yeah they, they yeah. so they really have no idea what's going on. I think I think one thing to keep in mind too is like both with this and the crazies, which also has that strong point of like the coverage feeling very real, is that that you know he he did work in a TV station in Pittsburgh. Okay. Uh, you know, at the time he was before and during the time he was making this movie. So he's someone that probably was around the news department there all the time. And it's just he just he just has this feel for getting how a story comes night. in. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, it feels like they feel like real 1960s TV news broadcasts. And it, it, it makes well, sense. And the flow of information. It's like you you don't leap to the conclusion that this is the dead come back to life. You start with more, you know, oh, people are attacking one another, possibly some kind of, like, organized terrorist event. Is basic, I mean, you know, Army of yeah. Assassins is kind of what that sounds like. It's something in that ballpark. And then they sort of, yeah. you know, and then they say, oh, it's mass homicide for some reason. People are kind of going crazy for some reason. And then it, it eventually they, oh, they're, they're eating people. And then, oh, they, they you know, they, they like, you know, and then, oh, they're, they're, they're they, 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 a lot of them have gaping holes in their body and all these. And so the, they're, and, and you feel like whenever you've been in front of the TV, getting a news broadcast, covering something that recently happened and little bits of information are slowly trickling in to build a more informed narrative of what's going on. And. Yeah. You know, and and I think a, a lot of other movies that try to do that, they 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 get to it too quickly. Do you know what I mean? They they sort of get yeah. to the the essence of it too fast. And this felt like it was no, it's very well paced out. It it uh, well, it, it, it also feels like people that are experiencing something like this for the first time with no context. You know, yeah, they're they're yeah. not assuming these are these are ghoulish corpses that are being brought back to life by Venusian radiation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're, they're taking the reports and they are reporting the facts as they come in. Yeah. And they're making very small, very reasonable leaps from those. I mm. like that. It shows that there's real journalistic integrity here. This is the pre-Alex Jones era. Because Alex Jones would have already <laughs> not only known they were zombies, but have blamed this on psychic lizard people. Um, Though we did have AM radio back then, so there could have been all kinds of people. Uh, you know, <laughs> speculating. About yeah. Well, the I mean, there were, there were some funky programs on AM radio, as I recall. Um, but uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, how far into FM were we at this time? Or was AM still mostly actual, just like real radio? <laughs> Actually, you're probably right, because this was 19... Yeah. As um... it's, it's FM took over, AM just kind of became the weird... But there were still of... talk shows like that. Do you know what I mean? There were still those kind of programs. Yeah. Um, but... But yeah, I think uh, I don't know. I, I I just really like the broadcasting part of it. That, that's that it's like a real. If you take that out of the movie, the movie wouldn't work the same way. It really wouldn't. No. It wouldn't function well. Um, no, it's got scope to it. It's like yeah. you are trapped in the house the whole movie, but it doesn't feel like it because you do have yeah. these scenes coming from elsewhere that that are kind of animating things and, and giving yeah. scope to it. Now, one person we didn't talk about that I kind of want to discuss is Johnny because he makes a very quick departure early on, yeah. but he's got <laughs> so much enough. character to like, like right initially. Yeah. And I'm just curious how people feel about Johnny because I think I think you have to feel one way or another about him. I don't think there's an in between with this well, guy. <laughs> as a big brother who constantly tormented my younger sibling, I really like Johnny. He's my hero. I'm sad he dies. <laughs> yeah, I. 
I like Johnny because I mean, one thing to keep in mind is when people do get together with their siblings, you do kind of fall into like with, with old family members, you fall into these relationships. So it's like he isn't necessarily a jerk who's always make fun. He just finds it funny that his sister is still scared of this graveyard. And I it, the thing about that scene that's kind of funny, like the miscued expectations, too, is the fact that he's being ridiculous but he is right, and she's being re- rational, like, I'm going to walk right by this guy yeah. and show that I'm not scared. And it's like her completely attempt to be hyper-rational is the thing that gets Johnny I, killed, basically. I, I, <laughs> I love the fact that he's, like, he's making a joke like that guy is some kind of, you know, deadly creature come to kill her, and the yeah. joke turns out to be true. That's really, true. I think that really works for the film, and I... Uh, yeah. yeah, Johnny's he's kind of a jerk, I think. Like, there's definitely a jerk. He's being quality. a jerk, yeah. but, you know, like I say, can you say he is a jerk? I think it's he, like it's, well, it's, it's, it's like it's the kind of situation where... It's not just that. It's also the, the, the complaining about the taking of the... Yeah. Uh, uh, I, the, so they had some kind of wreath that they were taking to the, the cemetery, I think. That's true. Uh, like a cross, like... about how much money it was. And, and like... Then, and then he's yeah, speculating that they're reselling it to him, that the, that, the, that the groundskeeper is like brushing it off and that, you know, that they're reselling them. And, uh, you know, so he's like kind of a cheapskate as well. Um, so well, it's interesting because it's like you've got, you know, going back to the different characters, too. It's interesting how they seem to be like fairly wealthy people from the city that are yeah. coming through. Then you've got then you've got the. Uh, the other couple with the kid that you know he's kind of like a, that were passing through and he seemed and like got, like middle um, class lower middle class that guy yeah the bald guy and then you've got you've got tom and his wife who are the locals they're the ones who know how to handle the truck they're yeah. like the ones that they live out in the country and they they feel genuinely like people from that area yeah and it's it's just it's it's nice the way they're all these different categories yeah yeah no it, it all it all works in that respect um, yeah and also you get that, um, I, I like the fact that you have that one zombie that shows up in the beginning, and I think he's present through most of the movie, right? Like, isn't he always kind of there? I yeah. feel like we get shots of him yeah. later on. Um, something about that threading through the whole film, I think, is good. Um, and and also because that's the zombie where it kind of, I don't know, that's where you, he's the one who throws the rock through the window. He's the one that kind of defines hmm. the zombies in this movie for you. So all the other zombies, to me are like aberrations of zombie like he's the platonic zombie of the film and and any and, and all the other ones are just deviations from that ideal um yeah so uh but yeah i don't know any yeah. oh go ahead i was gonna say but yeah i mean, talk about like him throwing the rock and stuff i remember when land of the dead came out you know one of the later <laughs> oh, ones in the series people were like how are the zombies getting smarter i'm like it does actually go all the way back to the first yeah. movie that the zombies do actually seem to be getting smarter so it's not a it's not out of anywhere but uh yeah that was <laughs> there were a lot of things wrong with that movie that wasn't i one know of them. that I don't was like not one of the end of the dead i don't yeah. i'm not going to defend the movie but it, that it, aspect of it i'm saying let, did make I, some sense. i would like to see land of the dead again because i have not seen it since it was out in the theater that's the last time i saw it and, yeah same and i remember John Leguizamo was in it, right? And um, mm-hmm. and who played the the, the head of Dennis the city? Hopper Dennis Hopper. Hopper. Dennis Hopper. Yeah. Um, who thankfully wasn't doing like a Russian accent or something crazy like that, like he did in Twenty Four. <laughs> um, but uh, but I don't know. I th- I thought that uh, at the time I remember like rooting for the movie, and it just didn't 
quite get to where I wanted it to go. But I'd be interested to see if it like, you know, if in hindsight it was like there were interesting things that I overlooked about it. Do you know what I mean? Because it it did have an interesting concept of this city and, you know, and and, and life kind of going on as normal, which is an idea Mm -hmm. that I like in in, in this sort of universe. Um, Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so but not to derail the discussion back to to that. But uh, <laughs> well, you almost can't help but talk about every zombie movie when you talk about this zombie movie. Yeah, because much like that one mm-hmm. zombie is sort of like the platonic zombie. This is kind of the platonic zombie movie. Yeah. I think if you think about zombie movies, you think about how much they deviate from this one. Yeah. You know? Though there yeah. is again, there is uh, an, you know the overlooked movie of Plague of the Zombies, which I think at some point we should do. I think we we should I try don't to know do that. That's Plague um, of the Plague of the Zombies. I think it was called Plague of the Zombies. I might have the title wrong, but it's a Hammer Studios movie, and I believe, I believe it was 1966, um, and I and it came out as a, I think it was a double feature with the film Reptile. So they both kind of have the same sets and stuff, if I remember. Um, they both yeah. have a similar look, I think. Also, uh, I I got them as part of like a double VHS uh, collection thing. And, and they came in these really nice plastic cases. Uh, it'd be interesting to, 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 to do Plague of the Zombies and, and see what you guys think of it and see if you guys think, oh, yeah, it deserves more recognition or, no, this is a piece of crap. It's, it's junk. <laughs> Romero is king. Uh, but, I, you know, but, but I'd be interested in your opinions on it. Um, but, yeah, so I don't know. Uh, does anybody have any profound thoughts on... on on this movie's place and how good it is versus, you know, and just like, you know, uh, is this something that people should go out and see that sort of thing? I think if you've never seen it, you should definitely see this movie. Mm. I mean, it's, it's a classic, but it's a classic that unlike some of the other ones we've watched, like unlike your, your, uh, Nosferatu's and your Dracula's and your Frankenstein's this one, this one holds up in a way that makes it like very, very watchable, even to a modern audience. I think um, Frankenstein can be a little deliberately paced. You know, there's not a lot going on in the Bela Lugosi Dracula outside of Bela Lugosi. Bela Lugosi Dracula, I can't stand to be honest. Like, really? I, yeah, okay, I, I, I really like Lugosi's yeah. performance. I, I the rest did, of it is a little bit much. I didn't enjoy it. I I remember being so excited the first time I saw it and being like, "This is not that fun." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Now that's uh, a movie that benefits from having no expectations of it because that's how the audience saw it they didn't yeah. they didn't think of it in iconic terms like we that did. was my problem probably but the thing it, is it i is. love nosferatu and i love like i love like all those silent movies like phantom of the opera and stuff like that and the old island of dr moreau like the 1940s films and oh, it's yeah, just nice. it's just that um it's just that uh that dracula for some reason it just didn't work for me um, it's a little flat, and Lugosi's performance really is the like he he brings a lot to that movie. But this movie, it doesn't rely. I don't have to put any caveats in front of this movie. Like if you watch this movie, you, you will be sucked in. Adams is great time with this movie. Go see it. Yeah, I I highly recommend this movie. There's no one I wouldn't really recommend this movie to. It's just, even like if you've seen every other zombie movie, it's fascinating just to go back and uh, see it. But it's, and even if you don't particularly like zombie movies, it's just a good movie 
in of itself. So I, I don't know. There's no one I would, I would steer away from this really. Yeah. I, I think I, I, I agree with what Joel said, which was that if you haven't seen it, you have to see it. It's that kind of a film. Yeah. And, um, and also if you haven't seen it in a long time, I think it's worth revisiting because I, I had forgotten some of the details. I had forgotten how well the movie worked. I, I think that, uh, um, it's worth revisiting if you've, if you, if you've already seen it. And, and I think that it's, it's, a, um, I don't know, it, it's really well put together. Like, I don't, I don't have any complaints about things like the dialogue and the, in the way that, you know, everything unfolds and the pacing, I think it all kind of works. And, and I feel like a lot of movies have just essentially been repeating this film when you really boil mm-hmm. them down to their, their essential components. So, you know, and most repeats of it aren't as good because yeah. it's such it's a case where they got everything right the first time. Yeah, yeah, I <laughs> really nailed it. Uh, again, I, I do want to go back to the point that I think that the good zombie movies that have followed this one have done something with the assumption that you've already seen it and love yeah. it, you know, uh, and they do something different that makes them unique and worth watching. No, and there are plenty of good zombie movies. I feel, I feel like. There was like a golden age of zombie movies. I think more recently, like maybe it's just me being an old man, but <laughs> I feel like more recently there's been like a lot of crap zombie movies. But like you yeah, go been back, a few, there's been a few diamonds in the rough. Uh, Shaun of the Dead and Zombieland are. But that's not out well. Okay, movies. so so let's start there. Those are comedies. Number one, they're comedies. Mm-hmm. But Shaun number, of the Dead was almost twenty years ago. Yeah, now. but but just, but yeah, Shaun, Shaun of the, the Dead was a while ago. Yeah, Shaun of the Dead was a while ago. Those are both good movies. Those are both good movies. But I I mean like serious zombie movies. I think mm. have been few and far between in the last twenty years. Like 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 mm. not last twenty years. Like I think I think I liked um, uh, Twenty Eight Days Later. I thought that was a good movie. And then what yeah, was the what, and and I like the I like the remake of Dawn of the Dead, and then after that, what's the best you know what's a good zombie movie that came out like, you know, mm. yeah, yeah I'm, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to think here, and you would think that the Resident Evil movies would be good zombie movies, but uh, they're actually not. Well, I, I <laughs> like are, I like the first totally one. different. Thing. I I, to, I like the first Resident Evil movie. I really enjoyed that. I, I will out. say I I did enjoy. I actually enjoyed the sequel to that movie, sort of because it was really stupid. Okay. Uh, but it also it was much more accurate to the games in a lot of bizarre ways. And I don't know. I have a soft spot for that ever since Mortal Kombat. If a movie actually is like, no, nah, I'll take the game lore seriously. I'm like, look, you might not be a good movie, but you will be an entertaining movie. So. I have I have I have a very funny Resident Evil story, which I will tell after the podcast. I won't. I, oh, I, it's, too, it's too blue. Gonna... It's too blue for uh, for the podcast. So I'm not gonna... <laughs> oh, no. Our general audience. Yeah, uh, I think uh, the horror fans in our audience would be shocked. Yeah, they would be shocked and appalled. But it's, it's, you got, it's probably not that bad, but I just feel like I should wait here's till the, Here's the fun thing we're going to do with that, though. Whenever we do the next podcast, I'm going to act like it is the most obscene thing <laughs> I've ever heard. Like, you should have. I've never heard some of these racial so, slurs, people. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not. It's nothing racial. It's to this story forever. Okay. All right. You know what? I'm going to tell the story because now I don't want it to be recast <laughs> by by my nefarious co-host who's going to like you know make me out to be a horrible person. So it would have happened too. Yeah. So 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 no. Basically, I got I got an uh, an answering machine message when I came home and I was uh, I was I was I was I was with my girlfriend at the time. We were living together and. 
And so I played the message and my friend said, Brendan, you got to come see Resident Evil with me because you get to see Mila Jovovich's beaver. And my girlfriend, <laughs> my girlfriend looked so appalled that this message had been left on the machine. And she was like, that friend of yours is disgusting. And we, we ended up, go, you know, I ended up going to see it with him. And, you know, but it was just, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of funny. Um, <laughs> it says but, something about me that's the least impactful part of that movie that I remember. Well, that's what's funny about the True. film is they, they do that and it's meant to be this big shocking thing. And at the time, it, it kind of was. But I feel like there were a lot of other things going on in that movie that were, you know, you know that doesn't happen until the very end, number one. Yeah, but, first of all. And second yeah. of all, the rest of the ending of that movie is so out of the blue in the first place that you're just like, oh, okay, I guess we're doing something totally yeah. different now. Yeah, yeah, the movie. I, I thought that movie was kind of clever, though, because it was like, no, we're not going to even try. We're not even going to try to go the direction <laughs> that we probably should. We're going to go this direction, and that was like the right choice. Do you know what I mean? Like it just kind of yeah. worked. I I don't feel like it was as, as successful in the later movies, especially as they they built up the lore and the lore got kind of weird. Do you know what I mean? Um, the, yeah, the lore went completely aeon flux on us, which I mean. If those had been a series of Aeon Flux movies, I would have been like, okay, that's forgivable. No, okay, I'm, I'm with you. But, uh, but yeah, so, you know, you know, Dawn of the Dead is a great movie. Uh, Day of the Dead is a great movie. Um, uh, Night of the Comet, if you consider that a zombie film, which I, I think it's kind of a zombie movie. Uh, I think that was an entertaining film. Um, and Return of the Living Dead was great. Um and uh, and yeah, so you know, I think I think there were a lot of good films in this genre. Uh, oh, did we lose somebody just now? No. I think oh, okay. So. Um, still there, me? That's you. No, something <laughs> just shifted on my Skype window for some reason. So I thought uh, I thought we lost yeah. everybody. Uh, that was um, that was my ability to make you sound like a terrible prejudice monster that just shifted completely away. He's actually told the Mila Jovovich's Bieber story. I can't believe you thought that was going to be so so blue that our our the people that stuck with us do no i just thought i just thought should i i i just i mean again it's it's really hard to judge that sort of thing because i was like ah, it doesn't sound too bad to me but like maybe i'll say it and then people will be like oh what the hell is this you, you just you just don't know how it's gonna what is this guy's problem yeah um <laughs> he should never refer to me and also as like a 43 year old it's just really hard for me to gauge the room these days it's just not as easy uh, as you know so uh but um, but anyways, uh, yeah, I, I think that it's um, I think it's definitely worth seeing, and and yeah, I don't know. Do you guys have any other thoughts before we head out? No, I think we I think we nailed it. All right, and yeah. so I don't think there needs to ever be another conversation based on this movie ever. That was the perfect one. Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> I'm, gonna, it, it, I'm gonna go out on that note. Um. And also, we got Poltergeist coming up. Our next movie is Poltergeist, which, Hell as yeah. we've said, yeah. I don't like. I, I'm not a fan of Poltergeist, so it's gonna. And I think they both love it, so it should be an interesting discussion. And also, maybe you know, who knows? Maybe I'll see it again. And I'll be like, oh, I, I was wrong. It was, you know, I've seen the light. It was the best haunted house movie <laughs> ever. Which I'm not gonna say well, because. Huh? Oh, well, so just put my impression in too. I. I liked it when I was a kid. I really haven't watched it since then. So it's going yeah, to be interesting for me to see do I, I like it as much or not. So I would I, much I, rather be watching House. 
I would much rather be watching House, but we are going to watch Poltergeist. That is the... Uh, we we uh, should we do... do House as well. We will we'll, do that. We'll do House. We should also do The Grudge, uh, which is kind of a haunted house movie. Well, eventually. Uh, I, mean for, I mean for Halloween. I mean for Halloween. But yeah, no, obviously we don't have time to fit those in. The Grudge, <laughs> I, I would I would like to do um, Juon, the original Grudge, if we can do The Grudge. Because I don't like the Sarah Michelle Gellar one. I like the... I uh, really don't. After having watched them both, like I like her acting quite a bit, but the whole cast is white. It's so weird. It's still yeah. in Japan. No one's Japanese. There's like one Japanese character, and yeah, it's, it's so Japan, weird. That is weird. But uh, it's yeah. I mean it's the same director even, and I guess he was like, I'll kill white people, whatever. You know, <laughs> he was a pretty chill dude, and it's a terrifying movie. But after you can't really put it back to back with the Japanese original and be like, oh yeah, this is fun. Nah. Japanese original. Oh, as if they said it in Rapongi, then it would make sense. But, yeah, I'll, but I'll watch. Juwan freaked me out too. It freaked me out. There's something about the contortion aspect of it worked in that film. Obviously, it, that got overdone over the years, so now it's not scary anymore. But when it yeah, no, you know, they they sort of and, killed that idea. But like and, the the first blush with it was pretty shocking. But also, that does kind of come from The Exorcist. It's not like that was a hundred percent created. In Juan, you know that's definitely no, a callback. Like to the that, that's a scene that's like one for one from The Exorcist, yeah. where she like crab walks down the stairs. Yeah, like that's yeah. we already saw that. Yeah, but you know? but the way they did it, way. it was just free, and the death rattle was terrifying oh, for some reason. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I liked it much better than Ringu. Ringu didn't quite do it for me, but that Juan mm. I really liked. Um, we need to have these conversations. I think. I think there's fertile ground here for yeah. a future podcast. Well, have you guys mm. ever seen the movie The Eye, the Chinese horror film? I think it was a Chinese yep. horror film. That oh, one's interesting. Oh, that one's very interesting. I'll have to look it up because I don't remember the details. But it ends. There's this tragic. Well, I can't. I don't want to spoil it. So yeah, uh, don't spoil it. Not, yeah. not right now. Yeah, we'll no. spoil it whenever we review it. Okay. Um, all right. So so anyways, this is our our slow march out the door. But we'll be back in with Poltergeist, and then I think what are we doing after that? Because we're gonna really stack up this month, right? We're gonna. Um, We've got a uh, whole calendar set up. Yeah. So the order on it. So so here's the uh, what we're going for. We're gonna do Poltergeist on Thursday. Then on Sunday we're gonna do the House on Haunted Hill, which is the best horror house uh, haunted house movie. Um, uh, and, and, and then and they claim to defend well well now you're probably going to watch it and be like this movie sucks Brendan you know what, what are you talking about I don't, it's not going to suck that has Vincent Price in it doesn't it no, yeah it's got Vincent, Vincent Price. Price sucks the 13 ghosts of Scooby Doo was comparatively good with Vincent Price in it <laughs> so, yeah Vincent Price does not disappoint in this movie uh, then on Wednesday we're going to do the 92 Dracula the Francis Ford Coppola Dracula um and uh which i'm looking forward to and uh i'm looking forward to for a whole different set of reasons folks and then uh (laughs) and then on october 31st we're going to do halloween so and then we're going to begin schlocktober and start with layer the white worm which uh which (laughs) which which should be fun so um, this is going to be it's going to be a good next month yeah i'm I'm enjoying i'm I'm, I'm really looking forward to this smorgasbord i'm liking that we're able to extend halloween into the following month i think that's going to be very enjoyable So until until then, we will talk to you later.